Everybody wants to be somebody. Since the dawn of history, human beings have been trying to move up the scale of importance. The clincher used by the serpent to tempt Adam and Eve was, when you eat of the tree of good and evil, and your, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This is Genesis 3.5. Henry Now, and a Catholic priest and well-known spiritual writer of our time, as well as past professor at Yale, Harvard, and Notre Dame, said, that ever since the garden, we have attempted to replace love with power. The long and painful history of the church, he says, is the history of people ever and again tempted to choose power over love, control over the cross, and being a leader over being led. This is a theme that runs through the Bible, it runs through human history, and it runs through our own psyches. We want the easy pass the quick way to glory, the fast track to success. I could title this sermon, A Call to Downward Mobility, or The Greatness of Being a Servant. Which one do you pick? Sounds exciting, huh? But in today's gospel lesson and in the book of Mark in general, this is the call of each of us as Christians to discipleship, which for Mark is in in fact a relationship with Jesus, not just a code of conduct, but a relationship that marks the heart of the disciple, which includes trust and confession, the shaping of our spirits, and yes, even rejection and suffering. Oh, wow, sign me up for that. I can remember when I first started seminary down at Ashland and was all excited about taking my first class in the MDiv program, hermeneutics, which I couldn't barely pronounce at the time, let alone uh, be sure really what it meant. And I walk across the quad of campus and I saw this huge, larger-than-life sculpture. You've probably seen it, of the woman stooping to wash the feet of one of the disciples. And I remember at that moment thinking, to the, speaking to the Lord and begging the Lord, Lord, I think you might have the wrong guy here. I was so excited to move forward, but the disciples, like the disciples in the gospel lesson today, But there's so much that I did not yet understand, and there still is. So turning to the gospel reading today, Mark 10, 35 to 45, which some scholars have called the most memorable of dialogues in the New Testament. These verses, in these verses, Jesus emphasizes the importance of humility and service. He reveals that he is the king of an upside-down kingdom, requiring self-giving sacrifice, and climbing down instead of climbing up to greatness. That, for many of us, is a hard concept to wrap our minds around, depending on our own temperaments, our own backgrounds, and where we might be spiritually. Take heart. The disciples didn't get it either. In verse 35 through 37, James and John approach Jesus, asking that they'd be allowed to sit with him in the highest position of the coming kingdom. And Jesus had had already told him this time for the third time about his looming suffering and death. But they had the wrong idea about what the Messiah's kingdom was, as predicted by the Old Testament prophets. They thought Jesus would establish an earthly kingdom that would be free from Israel from free would free Israel from Rome's oppression. James and John were in Jesus' inner circle, and they wanted honored places in the new kingdom. 
They were men who had worked and served all their lives, who had been drawn into intimacy with Jesus. They left everything to follow him and even had witnessed his transfiguration. You'd think they might have had some insight into the kingdom, and yet they still wanted the glory and the honor that came from being elevated to a throne. They wanted to be close to the Jesus in the kingdom, but they wanted power. They still did not get it that Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, not in places of thrones, but in hearts and in lives of his followers like us. The disciples did not understand this truth until Jesus was resurrected. But the brothers, or the sons of thunder, as they were called, wanted Jesus to sign a blank check for them. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you, they said in verse 35. These men really never grasped that Jesus was headed to a cross. They wanted the crown without the cross. They wanted the glory without the pain, the reward without having to pay the price. And Jesus asked James and John, what do you want me to do for you in verse 36? And the brothers reply, grant that we may sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. To be seated at the king's right hand was to take a position, take the position of most prominence. And the person seated at the left ranked it just below that. Now, only was, not only was this insensitive to the request, um, to request this of Jesus, but it was also cruel to the other disciples. Pride and ambition filled the hearts of these men. Even they sought their own fulfillment and satisfaction. These, the disciples who love Jesus, who love truth, and are filled with the Holy Spirit, still struggle with pride. One commentary said that it wasn't so much the fact that the incident happened, but that the timing after Jesus had just detailed his death to the disciples was what made it particularly staggering. It not only showed how little they really understood, but it also showed how human they were in their struggles with pride and lust. But Jesus responds mercifully in verse 38 and 39 by telling them, they have no idea what it is they're asking for. He confronts them by asking if they are willing and able to experience all that he is about to endure. Because Jesus wants them to understand what exactly will be involved in their quest for kingdom greatness. He doesn't reject them for having drive and desire, but he wanted to explain that biblical ambition needs to be transformed into a humility directed towards service, serving others rather than the proud serving of self. He was saying, guys, look, I'm not going to be king. I'm not going to be wealthy. I'm not going to be popular. I'm going to give my life on on a Roman cross for the sins of the whole world. He warns them that greatness always involves suffering. In verse 38, he asks, Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Jesus is saying to them, I am about to be immersed in an experience that you cannot imagine. Are you able to go through it too? In other words, he is asking James and John if they can handle the cross the type of suffering he is preparing to enter into. The cup that he was to drink referred to an Old 
Old Testament idiom for taking in something or fully absorbing something. And baptism, as you know, is referring to something that's known as submergence. Are you really able to go all the way under and suffer, he's asking them, to drown in persecution and ultimately martyrdom? And they confidently affirm him in verse 39 and say, we are able. They exuded arrogant overconfidence, mainly because they didn't really understand what awaited Jesus. It's like a story I once heard about Muhammad Ali when he was on a plane awaiting to take off. A flight attendant asked him to buckle his seatbelt. Ali said to her, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the flight attendant quickly answered, Superman don't need no airplane either. But Jesus responds to the brothers boasting by saying, in verse 39 and 40, The cup that I drink you shall drink, and you shall be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. But to sit on my right or on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. This prediction of Jesus' suffering of the two brothers, which was to come when they eventually died for their faith. In Acts 12, you might remember that James' martyrdom came with the cutting off of his head while John had a slow and agonizing exile to the Isle of Patmos where he died. These men would walk the same road that Jesus walked, but they could never endure what he was about to suffer, the undiluted wrath of Almighty God against sin and sinners. Jesus tells them that the positions that positions in the kingdom will not be given out on the basis of selfish ambition, but according to the will and prerogative of God, and that those benefits don't come without bruises, gore, persecution, and bumps. In verse 39 to 40, we see that the action of Jesus and James, the action of James and John aroused deep resentment amongst the other ten. The old controversy over who was to be the greatest reared its ugly head again. Before this situation escalated into a full-blown brawl, Jesus gathers his disciples and he says in verses 42 through 44, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But this is not the way among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. This is the upside-down economy of the kingdom. The world demands respect through pride, power, and pressure. The follower of Jesus is unassuming and seeks to exercise humility, grace, and service. In the world's economy, the higher up you get, the more you are served. In God's economy, the higher up you get, the more you serve others. Those who give up most will get most. The word servant, or diakonos in Greek, used in this passage, is where we get the word deacon, which is what I understand my calling to be, one who ministers or renders service to another working together with priests to build up the body of Christ and to proclaim the gospel, to be a link from the church into the world. 
That is prisons, nursing homes, hospitals, hospice, etc. Our passage concludes with some of the most shocking words in the New Testament when Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. This verse is not only the climax of our reading, but it is a key verse in Mark's gospel. Even the Son of Man had to follow the rules that Jesus explained. Remember the night before he went to the cross when he was in the upper room and he put the towel around his waist and he washed the disciples' feet? And he took the place of a slave and he washed the dirty feet of men who would run away before dawn. Peter, who would deny him three times. Jesus freely served those who would break his heart. And he freely went to die on the cross for sinners who hated him, so sinners like you and me could be saved from sin and death. His death was the ransom paid that we could not pay ourselves. If Jesus, the God-man, was willing to serve, how much more should we? God can move in powerful ways when we make service our commitment in our homes, churches, and in our workplaces. Even encouragement is a type of service. You could give someone who works behind the scenes here in the church a pat on the back. How are we being servants of God by selflessly serving others? Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others greater than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. I'd like to read you the words from a beautiful song. I would sing, but I have a cold, and I wouldn't want to do that to you. But this is a beautiful song that was written by a, a New Zealander called Richard Gillard. Some of you may have heard of it. It's called The Servant Song. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I might have the grace to let you be my servant too. We are pilgrims on a journey. We are brothers on the road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. I will hold the Christ light for you in the night time of your fear. I will hold my hand out to you. Speak the peace you long to hear. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joy and sorrow till we've seen this journey through. When we sing to God in heaven, we shall find such harmony, born of all we've known together, of Christ's love and agony. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. May the Lord be with us as we try to imitate him and climb down the ladder to greatness. Amen.